The leaves have fallen. The air outside now has a fresh, cool bite to it. And I think I almost smell that fresh-baked hot apple pie. And you know what that means. Thanksgiving is right around the corner. So get out the turkey basters and the cornucopias and get ready for the turkey bowl because we're going to talk about Thanksgiving right now on Sinners and Saints. This is Sinners and Saints Theology with an Edge. Well, as we said, the frost is on the pumpkin and you can smell that fresh smell of hot apple pie baking in the oven and that means only one thing and that is that Thanksgiving is here. It's right around the corner and today we're going to take a little time out here to talk about that wonderful Christian holiday called Thanksgiving. As usual, joining us for our discussion, uh, Reverend Moses Jambazian from Pasadena URC, Reverend Adam Kalushchin from Ontario United Reformed Church, and I'm John Sautel, church planter at All Saints Reformed Church. Thanksgiving's here. And before we uh, get into talking about this too much, we ought to maybe just talk a little bit about the whole origins of Thanksgiving. Why do we have this day at the end of November on a Thursday where we have a quasi sort of religious holiday and mix it together with family and lots of turkey. I mean, what in the world is this day all about? Well, when you go back to the Levitical law, you see that God giving his law through Moses came to the people and said, Thanksgiving is instituted to develop in your hearts an attitude of gratitude. And ever since that day, Christians around the world in the various forms have been gathered together under their pastors and elders to hear the proclamation of the United States president calling them to a public worship service to worship the true God who has made them and blessed them so abundantly. Now, fascinating that you would go back to the Old Testament law in preparation for this, reading uh, from a very, very conservative uh, rabbi, just absolutely incensed at the notion that Jews would be sitting around celebrating Thanksgiving along with us, the rest of us pagan Gentiles. Quotes from the law, Deuteronomy 12, 31, 32, you shall not inquire of the other nations about how they worship their God. <laughs> Taking a very strict regulative principle approach on this whole business of Thanksgiving says this is a pagan holiday. How in the world can Jews or even people who call themselves Bible-believing trace the roots of this back to the Bible? Well, perhaps you detected the sarcasm in my opening answer to your question, John, but the answer is you can't trace Thanksgiving. Uh, you can just add that to the list of all the holidays that we celebrate. You cannot trace the day of Thanksgiving back to any sort of Judeo-Christian biblical root. It just isn't the case. You have to consider that in the Christian church, it was considered that every Lord's Day you gathered together before God and you offered thanks. You entered his courts with thanksgiving in your hearts and you were filled with praise to the God of creation and your redemption. So for the Christian, there isn't a designated day that the government designates, but rather every day you are to live in gratitude to God, but particularly every Lord's Day. You are reminded of God's grace to you, and you are to be filled with abundant thanks for that. Well, now, you guys, Moses, John, aren't saying that it's wrong to celebrate Thanksgiving, are you? I don't care if you sit around having turkey with your family and you stuff it full of stuffing and you enjoy your favorite 
winter cocktails on a Thursday afternoon and that you lace up your cleats and you go out and you participate in the annual turkey bowl and you pull back muscles and cause all kinds of injuries to yourself uh, out enjoying the day. But what in the world does it have to do with religion? (laughs) I think that's the thing that we have to ask ourselves about really a lot of the so-called church holy days is that why do we do them? Where in scripture is there warrant for any of these things? And really, the answer is there isn't scriptural warrant. They're all cultural. Well, you know, it was the wise old Woody Allen who once said, tradition is the illusion of permanence. And for Americans, any tradition that's more than about 15 minutes old has the appearance of or the illusion of permanence to it. You ask your average Christian today, and they will all assume that Thanksgiving is something that is found chapter and verse right in the Bible, and therefore... We need to have a religious holy day for it, a particular kind of worship service, and they don't even give it any second thought because as far back as they can remember, which is you know maybe a couple of years ago, the church has been doing this, so it must have always have done this. It may be true that many Christians will not be so bold as to say that the scripture has mandated a Thanksgiving Day worship service, but they will be quick to point out that the pilgrims must have been celebrating the National Thanksgiving Day as a a carryover of their religion, the the true Protestant religion that they brought over from England and that they were fighting to keep pure and and to defend themselves against man-made tradition. And if they celebrated Thanksgiving every Thursday morning, the last, the third Thursday in November, then certainly we are going to do it too. But as we'll discover, that isn't what happened. Well, of course, it's not what happened. And this is the case with so much of what we often accept as Christians as historical, absolutely acid-tested true fact. And the fact of the matter is so much of what we accept sometimes is a myth built around the slightest kernel of truth. If you go back to the pilgrims, for instance, in the first Thanksgiving, first of all, it was, according to some records, uh, in December, others say maybe September. We have no firm idea, first of all, when they actually supposedly had this Thanksgiving Day. And, And you have to remember also that these pilgrims are coming from England, and in England they have a long, over thousand year tradition of celebrating what's called the Harvest Home Festival. So they are bringing their own ideas of, uh, of Thanksgiving. And, and all of this is simply a part of a broader cultural phenomenon that has been uh, witnessed since the very dawn of civilization. You go out through almost any culture and find that they all had something what might call Thanksgiving, uh, observing the fall equinox. It's a pagan harvest feast is what it is, and that's basically what they took forward, and it was a great excuse to have a party because they had worked hard, they had gathered and everything, and for the pilgrims, of course, it was wonderful and that this was the first time they weren't starving to death after several years of being in North America. So yes, they did celebrate, they did enjoy the day, and they feasted and they drank, but to say that, therefore, this is a biblically commanded or mandated item, that's where we're having our problem, is that... We don't believe that's a legitimate jump that we can make. Now, keep in mind, when we're saying that the the roots of Thanksgiving can be traced back through the English celebration of the harvest and through the fall equinox that all cultures have celebrated to enjoy the bounty of the harvest, we're not saying that it's illegitimate to set aside a day or three like the pilgrims did to celebrate the harvest and to be thankful for the good blessings of God or whatever. What we're saying is it's wrong to make it a Christian thing that if you don't celebrate it, then somehow you're falling short of 
God's command for you as Christians. Yeah, as Christians, we should be enjoying life every day, and we should really be thankful every day. And to have a particular day that the government mandates by forcing everyone to shut down businesses, we just don't think that's appropriate. We don't want them in the church to begin with. Why would we listen to them on this one? Okay, so we strip back all these uh, layers of mythology, and you know we could go on, but it's really pointless. I think you're catching the drift of what we're saying here. Thanksgiving, just like Christmas, really doesn't have any sort of biblical claim upon a holiday mandated by God. There's no requirement to it. And yet we fill it with all of this religious significance and we have worship services and so forth. So, I mean, one of the things that we should ask here is the church duty-bound and obligated in view of what we know now about this day and its origins and so forth, uh, is the church mandated to hold a public worship service? Yeah, 1782, you have a congressional declaration coming out of the state of New Hampshire where the guy says that the Thanksgiving Day to God uh, should be set aside for all of his mercies. We should testify our gratitude to God for his goodness, etc., that uh, we should also be reminded to promote each in his station and by his influence the practice of true and undefiled religion, which is the great foundation of public prosperity and national happiness. Because some... Magistrates come together and declare that they want to promote the true religion. Does that mean that the church is is bound now to recognize this day and call all of God's people together? No. I mean, you know, the proof of this also is that as time went on, the secular politicians, people who did not believe in Christ, took this day and they tried to secularize it. They captured it for their own purposes, Lincoln in 1863 declaring the first national Thanksgiving Day, calling all of the nation to recognize it as a holiday, certainly softens the language. He's not concerned about true religion. He makes references to the Almighty God, the Most High God, who has prospered the nation in spite of civil war. He's using this day for his political reasons to unite a country that that he has a very federalized vision for. Thanksgiving Day becomes a great symbol of a national unity. So it, the point is, everybody's taking this day and twisting it for their own purposes. It's ridiculous for the Christian church to say, now, it has to be a Christianized holiday for our purposes, and if we don't celebrate it, you don't celebrate it, you're not being faithful to God. But, you know, some people are going to be very uncomfortable with that because they remember a tradition, as long as uh, as they can remember back to, of perhaps going to church on Thursday morning. And they almost feel just as... With, re- with respect to Christmas as if they've somehow dishonored God and they can't even go and enjoy the turkey dinner that afternoon unless they went to the worship service. And yet they don't really know why they're there. Is this, a, I mean, what are we celebrating? I mean, when we show up on the Lord's Day, we show up to hear the Word and the sacraments. We hear it about Christ. What guidance do we have for how to conduct a Thanksgiving Day service? Well, I mean, certainly using Psalm 104 would be wonderful to consider the bounty of God in creation and in providence and to thank him for all the things we have. But keep in mind that the Christian is never to rest on the material things. We are to celebrate particularly our redemption in Jesus Christ. That's why that one day in seven pattern has been adopted by the church. On the day of resurrection, we gather together to worship God. So, Yeah, give thanks to God, but see, when you make it into a new sacrament or you mandate it upon people as this is the way and this is the proper way to thank God as opposed to the ordinary worship, that's when you start running into a lot of problems. You enter a new legalism, you enter into a new 
church calendar that is not mandated and you're imposing it on people's conscience and we don't want to do that as well, reform one of the things and, and this is uh, and the more i think back on it now probably you uh had this experience as i did if, if you ever went to church on thanksgiving day moses is getting at something here's very important is the Christlessness of these kinds of service very often. I, I can distinctly remember times when uh, the people in the church would be asked to stand up and share with everybody in churches that this would never, ever, ever happen in any normal worship service on the Lord's Day, mind you. But on Thanksgiving, it seemed like the regular principle went out the window. And, and everybody was allowed to get up and sort of share about how God had blessed them. And the point I'm trying to make here is that there was no Christological focus to the service. Oh, yeah, always, or, you know, it's tacked on at the end somehow. We we have all this in Christ or whatever. But the point of it is, is it was very subjective. It was very uh, self-focused celebration of how God had uh, poured out his benefits, which we ought to talk through a little bit. Is that really uh, ought that to be the focus of a public gathering of God's people for the worship of the Trinity? Let's distinguish. Now, you say, should it be the focus of a public gathering of God's people? Well, our answer to that would be, as the church, no. Okay? Because the ministers of the word, the elders, are not called by God to oversee special holy days. Now, do we think it's wrong for a group of Christians who are thankful to God for his blessings on a day that's been set aside by the government and their culture, whatever, to come together and to enjoy a feast, to talk about the Lord's bounty, which is a reality in their lives, to do it as, you know, distinctively Christians. Obviously, we don't believe in some generic God or some deistic God, but we believe the God of the Scripture. He's the true God. He's the one who has blessed us. Sit around and celebrate together. That's fine. But we're talking specifically about gathering as the church. Has the church been called to do that and therefore bind on the conscience of all Christians uh, who belong to that church that they should gather with that church under the authority of the appointed officers. We're saying that's extending the, the law of God. That's not something that he said to do. You also run into the problem that you have with evangelistic rallies where people are supposed to get up and tell you all the sins that they've been redeemed from, is that now you get this competition. Who's been blessed more? And then you have the people who have to basically go into denial about the sorrows that they've had this year because they can't bring down the Thanksgiving service by saying, yeah, you know, my dad died of cancer two oh, yeah. days ago. Yeah, very and, uncomfortable. You know, right. I have a child in the hospital that I have to go visit. Like, you can't bring that in because that's not Thanksgiving. Or you lie about how much sorrow you have, and you say, well, despite these things, yet I am rejoicing. And it's not in a biblical rejoicing that I know all things are good for those who love the Lord, but you minimize the pain when Scripture never minimizes the sorrows of death and sickness. So you force a mood which Scripture does not command you to do, and you make the church act in a manner that is really not truly the church. Well, I think uh, Adam makes a good point here. Some of these expressions would be just fine, even the things that you're talking about here, Moses. You know, somebody is afflicted with trials, or maybe they, maybe the Lord has providentially blessed their businesses or something in their personal life. These kinds of expressions of gratitude are thoroughly acceptable and even pleasing to the Lord, as just a group of individuals, or, or even me in my own private life with my family, you know, talking about these things and, and learning even how to rejoice perhaps in, in the trials and difficulties that God has sent because they, they have caused us to, to focus on Him and rely upon His grace and think about things that are beyond uh, the temporal horizon and put our hope more in God and, and the eternity uh, that awaits us. But as God's people for a public worship 
uh, of the church worshiping the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, how do these things uh, properly constitute the worship of God? Obviously, from what we're saying, they don't. The worship of God is to be focused on Christ, and through his mediation, we can approach the Father and thank him for the redemption that we have received. The Thanksgiving services that are often done, we're saying do not fit that pattern. And we're not saying Christians should never gather together to rejoice in God's providence, but do it in a manner that actually fits the biblical model better. Well, but the, the, obje- the objection to that, Moses, is that nobody presumably is arguing in favor of, a thanks- say, a Thanksgiving Day worship service that is loosely gathered around God. I mean, the point is, yeah, maybe somebody will say, well, what we need then is not to get rid of the Thanksgiving Day service— but to make it more Christocentric. But that's the problem. You do not have, you do not have a regulative principle basis for this worship service to begin with. So it is very difficult to figure out. Well, how does the regulative principle apply to this worship when God hasn't mandated it? He hasn't given you the elements for it, and you're just sort of feeling your way through it. But you make it, um, you make it uh, God-centered or whatever. But you don't have any guidance really biblically to know how to. To conduct a service. Right, because, exactly, because you're starting with a cultural holiday. Right, a man-made idea of worship. And then you're trying to baptize it and make it Christianized. And we've seen this over and over again, our critique of many different things. A lot of things which are sacred to Christian people are really just baptized cultural traditions, inherently not necessarily bad. Things that we could do privately, but when you force everybody to do it publicly and and try and fit a, a square peg into a round hole... It, it just doesn't fit, and it's not fair to mandate that every Christian participate in the way that you describe in the name of Christ in order to be a good Christian. Well, here's a way to make it fun, and in a way that you don't put a burden on anyone else, is those of you who have done particularly well during that year where God has blessed your business, you've gotten a huge raise, your investments have paid off, why don't you treat everybody? Have it not as a formal worship service, but a chance where you are able to call because of God's provision to you, everyone together to feast and to enjoy the great blessings of God in the world with the best food, the best wine, and just celebrate with all your Christian brothers and sisters, your family in Christ, and thank God that he has given so much to us all. That's right. I mean, I just want to show you the inconsistency of this. The the idea, see, what happens? Everybody comes at... Everybody comes to church on Thanksgiving morning, right? And they, with their church family, they have the worship service. But who do they go celebrate with afterward? Does the church family sit together? No. You go home with all your unbelieving friends and relatives, and then you have your turkey, and you have the real fun and the real enjoyment. My point is, I'm not saying you should invite the whole church to your home one way or the other. That might be a good thing like Moses is talking about. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have your family there. But I'm just pointing out like the inconsistency. We don't even really know what we're doing. I mean, on the one hand, we feel that it's the right thing to do, the only right thing to do, to worship Christ on Thanksgiving Day, but then we feel free in our conscience to go home and celebrate with our families. Well, which is it? I mean, what is the whole point of this day anyway? What is the whole point of this feast, which for the pilgrims lasted, say, three days, not just the one, and you had the day off of work on Friday? Well, I think we've uh, fairly well kicked this subject around here uh, on Thanksgiving. Um, as we've been talking about, Great to uh, be thankful to the Lord for all he has done. Certainly he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And the only proper attitude of a Christian is thankfulness at all times, whether that's in prosperity, whether that's in sickness, whether that's in trial. 
always the attitude of the Christian is to be rejoicing, thankful, and grateful to God for his bountiful blessings. But let's not uh, try to go out of the way by outdoing God, by prescribing a set of holy days and uh, holy rituals that have to be observed on the fourth Thursday of Thanksgiving. But instead, let's be biblical, rather, and learn how to give thanks to God every day throughout the whole year. And in that, in doing that, the Lord will be truly honored and praised. We want to thank you for joining us here on Sinners and Saints as we've been talking about Thanksgiving. Join us next week as we tackle more topics with the truth of God's Word on Sinners and Saints, Theology with an Edge.